Focus. The Farm Weekly out tomorrow. What can we expect to read? Well, let's find out, shall we? The editor, Darren O'Day, is with me. Good morning, mate. Good morning, mate. Good to chat with you again. Another bumper edition of the Farm Weekly out tomorrow. And in it, the federal government doubles down on the live export phase-out policy here. Yeah, look, Troy, there's no no real surprise on that one. You know, they've been pretty adamant that, mm. you know, in the next, if they win the next election, they definitely will phase out the live ship exports by sea. And that's not made the comments, despite the fact that there was a discontinuation of a high-profile case against a major exporter in the in the courts last week. You know, they were charges against uh, manual exports. They were dropped. Uh, and that was just a week before they were due to go to trial. And that was, you know, six years after the death of about 2,400 sheep on the Awasi Express, which has led to a lot of major industry reforms since then, and obviously a lot of scrutiny on the live export industry. So the government came out last week and said, you know, they're quite clear on their intentions that they will implement their election commitment to phase out the trade. Um, You know, they sort of said that uh, they uh, won't be occurring this term in Parliament Mm. to allow for the what they say is the orderly transition and in consultation with industry and other stakeholders. Always gets the words, you know, consultation (laughs) and stakeholders, but that's government (laughs) government speak for you. Um, You know, they they go on to say that, you know, they want to see the sheep industry continue to thrive and, you know, the government's plans, their views of it, you know, built more on, you know, onshore processing and increasing sheep meat exports. And this is all on the back of the independent panel, which has been out there assessing it. And a spokeswoman for the government said they would not confirm when the independent panel's report on how to handle that transition will be released. We're hoping it's pretty soon. You know, and that panel has been considering a wide range of research, analysis and data and preparing their report, looking at economic analysis and all those sort of things and what it means in the community. Now the government is taking time to assess all those recommendations or those reports from that independent panel to uh, access what they say is a responsible response. So that's that's on that side of things. And at the same time, you know, the Australian Livestock Exporters Commission Council, which we refer to as AIC, you know, they, they sort of, you know, again reiterate their, their push for the government to reverse their policy. And their boss, Mark Harvey Sutton, said that, you know, and he listed all the reasons why, and he sort of said, that, you know, they support the National Farmers Federation's Keep, farming, Keep Farmers Farming campaign. And he said, you know, that campaign, uh, which grabbed a lot of attention in the last couple of weeks. It's crucial any people know that a ban on live sheep exports. It'll hurt more than farmers to tack on the livelihood of a lot of industries out in the bush uh, and communities that rely on it. And he said without it, you know, there's going to be a collapse in prices and it's just going to be a, a whole a whole range yeah. of issues that have that knock on effect, which we've spoken about, you know, ad nauseum over the time. But he also had a bit of a dig at the Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. He said, look, he's, a, he's an avid sporting fan of many codes. And he said, you know, a team wouldn't go into a game uh, thinking that they weren't going to win uh, or if they didn't have confidence and they said they were going to get a flogging. So he basically said, you know, it's basically about giving Australians a fair go. And he yeah. said, what's happening is there's a lack of market confidence at the moment around all these policies. And he said, look, you know, they really just don't understand what's actually happening out there. And at time that they actually listen to people in the bush. Still on the subject of sheep, see where the WA Agriculture Minister, Jackie Jarvis, she's hit back at claims that she's not doing enough for the sheep producers. Yeah, uh, Ms Jarvis, she was at the uh, the Australian Association of Agricultural Consultants Outlook Conference, and that was at Fraser's at Kings Park. Last Friday, uh, there was a whole heap of uh, speakers there talking about, you know, the challenges ahead, uh, analysis of the agricultural industry and things like that. The minister, she actually opened the conference and, um, you know, had a lot of good things to say about where agriculture is heading and what she's been involved in, her government's been involved in. But she also took that opportunity to refute claims that were made by Deputy Leader of the Nationals, Peter Rundle, saying that, you know, 
that she wasn't doing enough for the industry. She sort of reiterated that she was advocating for the best outcome for everybody involved in the federal government's plans to phase out those live sheep exports by sea. She said she'd advise Federal Agricultural Minister Murray Watt of the need to, you know, for clarity and certainty around the phase-out timing and went on to think, you know, talk a bit about that. But she defended herself against comments made by Mr Rundle in State Parliament the other day. He said, you know, that she hadn't been in contact with the Minister for a, during a six-week period between June and July uh, and that was sort of, you know, the result of some Freedom of Information requests that were made against her office asking for written correspondence between herself and the Federal Minister. Uh, she went on to say that, you know, she'd actually picked up the phone quite a lot of times and actually spoke to him and also had meetings with him. So, you know, a lot of that wouldn't have been picked up in that yeah. FOI request. Uh, and she just went on to say, you know, like, you know, it reminded people that it was a federal government decision, not a, not a state government decision, but, you know, she would still like to actually get the, the best outcome for WA sheep producers uh, while they face a lot of uncertainty going forward. So, you know, there's a fair bit on that. And, you know, all the other things that are happening that, you know, in the Ag Outlook Complex, yep. we've got a fair bit on that in this week's edition as well. And also in tomorrow's paper, mate, uh, a wheat belt community gets a new supermarket. Yeah, look, I mean, we don't, wouldn't normally worry about, you know, a supermarket opening, particularly in, in, you know, in bigger areas. Yeah. But, you know, in regional towns, anything like when there's new business opening, it is big news. And, and you know, and this is this yeah. is in, in the Bruce Rock community for the first time since 2020. You know, they've got a fully stopped supermarket uh, and with Foodworks Bruce Rock uh, supermarket on hardware, they just recently opened. And now this, the story behind that is there was a fire that gutted the former store and that was at the height of the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. The locals didn't have a, have a, have a local supermarket in the town get all their fresh produce. So the local shire, they set up a temporary store in the town hall and that serviced the people in that town for about 930 people, I think, in the Bruce Rock Shire for a while. But man, well, they've built, built a new building and then now as you know, the shelves are full and fridges are full and there's meat and, and also hardware involved in there now. And one of the people we spoke to on that was uh, Stephen Strange, who is a councillor in the Bruce Rock Shire. He actually was a shire president for about 26 years from memory uh, until the recent local elections when he decided not to re-nominate as a shire president. But he's been quite involved with this process, uh, which led up to the official opening of the new building uh, in October 27. So they had to knock down the old site, put in new plans, build a new one, and obviously and then lease the business to some people. So some local families who have bettered themselves in the local community, they've actually taken on that lease, put a whole new lease of life into it and, you know, stocking the shelves. So people actually can stay in their local community, spend their money in that local community and yeah, for sure. What we, from what we can gather, there's you know there's some people who used to work in the old store, or actually in the new store now, oh, nice. and they're just trying to make sure that they actually got they've got stuff in the town yeah. so people yeah. actually don't have to travel out of the town because as you know anyone that lives in small communities if you haven't got it yeah. you've got to go to another town. So the more they can have. Uh, people stay in their local communities the better. So, um, yeah, that's the reason we've highlighted the fact that there's a new supermarket in Bruce Rock and um, obviously everybody there is quite quite happy that, that they now can actually get their fresh produce in their local town. All right, so you can read uh, those stories and more in the Farm Weekly, of course, out tomorrow. Uh, Daz, we'll do it all again next week, mate. We'll speak to you next week and we'll probably talk a bit about harvest next week and see how that's going. And obviously it's wrapping up a fair bit around the area, but there's still a lot of punnages coming in, so... I was going to say, uh, what yeah. are you hearing? Look, up in the up in the Midwest, uh, it's pretty much wrapping up yep. now. You know, that, those Geraldton, Geraldton, Minganew areas, mm. they're, they're pretty much winding down if they haven't finished already. Across through to the Quinana Zone, um, they've had a big couple of weeks. That actually slowed down a fair, a fair bit last week with mm. Uh, mm. The rain, obviously yeah. some, some, some rainfalls and, and even some damaging hail reports. Actually, we do have a couple of stories in, in this week's paper on that. So we're, you know, a couple of farmers actually had you know quite a bit of crop completely wiped out, which was insured, fortunately. Uh, and then, you know, down the Esperance and Albany zones, you know, they're, they're sort of still cranking up and, and getting underway. But, you know, the, the general report is, uh, yeah, we'll have about 14.5 million tonnes in the bin, which I think is down from the 
14.9 million tonnes that were estimated from the last crop estimate. And you look, most of that will be finished by Christmas, which is, um, you know, where, you know, not like last year where we had a record yeah. harvest and it went, went into January. And I even knew a couple of people who, who went into February earlier this year. But yeah, I, I would be surprised if there was, um, you know, any harvest activity after Christmas this year. I reckon it'll, it'll wrap up pretty quickly. All right. So. There you go. So, mate, as always, nice to chat on a Wednesday. Enjoy your week. We'll do it again next week, mate. Speak to you then, Troy.